I mean, it's easy to forget things and misremember them, but you, once you get under that forensic sort of examination, any holes uh, in your story are, are become apparent. Yeah, it doesn't tend to happen in the real world, but it's happened. And this guy has come in and he has thrown a piece of evidence in that really upends the entire state's case. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Lawyers at the Regency trial will enter the final stretch tomorrow when the closing speeches to the judges at the special criminal court get underway. Just one of the three accused, Jason Bonney, has produced defence witnesses whose testimony put into question the state's case that he was the driver of a black BMW Jeep used on February 5th, 2016. Lawyers for the state have suggested to one alibi witness that she has lied to the court, a charge she denies. A second witness who knew Jason Bonney and his father William has placed the older man behind the wheel of the Jeep at 2.30pm that afternoon. He has yet to be cross-examined. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the trial and what the coming days has in store. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. You happy I brought you a coffee? Delighted. It's been a long Delighted. time, hasn't it? It has, it has. Seriously, it has. I can't remember the last time I queued no, up a coffee no, for you. No, or Does even... Does it take so long, the bloody cappuccinos? It does, it does, Nicola, but it's much appreciated. Much appreciated. My short black would take you two seconds. Look. Feeds my addiction, you know. Yeah, everything's gone up. Mm. Tenner for two coffees. It is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, now we are absolutely into the final stretch tomorrow at last. Yeah. Um. So today I expected the closing speeches to start from the prosecution but we got waylaid yet again, which seems to be the story of the Regency Hotel trial. But anyway, there was uh, the prosecution closed and the three defendants are allowed now to produce a defence. So yeah. neither of them, none of them rather. You can't say neither for three people. No, you? I don't what do you so. say? None. No. Uh, none of them are going to get into the witness box to give evidence. No, I mean, in theory, they could mount a full defence where they, they get into the witness box, they call whatever number of witnesses, character witnesses of any type, and it could go on for, for a couple of weeks. But it, in most uh, court cases in Ireland, not much of a defence is, is is mounted, really. Exactly. So, in actual fact, the only one of them now, Paul Murphy made some, his, his uh, legal team made some submissions to do with this Oh, help me out, AMPR or something? AMPR? This is the, the computer equipment used to, yeah. to recognise um, uh, licence plates, really. Yeah. So, I mean, it's on, um, if you go through the M50 and you don't you don't have a, a tag, you get a bill the next day, they pick up your reg from, on, from cameras on the M50, for example. So it's using that technology. Yeah, and it's all to do with, because he is, of course, accused of... Uh, you know, facilitating the murder by driving one of the getaway cars. Now, I have to be perfectly honest with you, right? I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> so when yeah. this was going on, it was, I was la, 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 looking through my iPad, reading something on the New no, York Times, no, no checking my nails. Well, so I don't actually know what happened there. Well, your nails than, do look good. Other than the judges came back and said, basically, the prosecution had won the argument and not the defence. So. so I suppose, like, the, that technology that's used to recognise uh, 
license plates. You'd see it on the M50. It's obviously of a very high standard. They, they, it's positioned perfectly to take them. Um, it's the same thing with, with uh, service stations if you drive off without paying your petrol. But they're not. They're using that on CCTV. That's probably taken from sh- local shops and stuff like that. And it's like all of these, uh, I suppose they're like Hail Marys, as they call them in court, where you you try and say that technology doesn't work. DNA is only yeah. 99 point something, so this could be things. So they're obviously, they tried that and that wasn't accepted by yeah. the court. So they are going to accept that, that you can recognise a licence plate using this technology from, from CCTV garnished. And that was a great summary because I wasn't going to let you bang on any further with that. <laughs> That's right, and other people are probably looking at their nails there now. <laughs> we cannot bore the listeners. No, no. So, what happened next was uh, Jason Bonney's legal team indicated that they had a witness. So, in walked a lady called Julie McGlynn, a blonde-haired woman uh, dressed in a black suit with a scarf around her shoulders and she got up into the witness box and she was the first, basically, and we thought the only yeah. witness that was going to give any evidence in relation to this defence. So she is um, a lady whose mother, and she grew up on Newbrook Avenue and in, in Donamead, and across the road from her mother's house, number 104, is number 47, which is the house that Jason Bonney was in the process of constructing and renovating at the time of the Regency Hotel. Um, so, and it's there that he says he was that afternoon. It's in that kind of, you know, in, in the, on that construction site, mucking about. He was working on it and he had other people working. Anyway, so this lady said that that morning, February the 5th, she arrived to her mother's house and she called into the mother and uh, her son was having his 13th birthday party in the house, in the mother's house later that afternoon. So she was cleaning up and she said her mum got herself ready for mass and took off up the road to 10am mass and she was in the house getting things ready. Now, the, at 11am, she says, there was a knock on the mother's door and Mr. William Bonney, who is the late father of Jason Bonney, was at the door and he was looking for her mother and she said, my mother's not here. She said, mass. So he said, I'm over the road at number 47. Can I use the loo? The toilet facilities aren't working there. Um, and I think she said at that point that he'd been told that by some of the workmen. So she said, of course, let him in. He used the toilet and afterwards when he came back she asked him would he like a cup of tea and she says that when he was having his cup of tea and was picking which would have been irritating at the sandwiches and cakes right, she'd right. made well, well depends no, on she made yeah. them for the party and he, there he was picking at them Yeah, even that word picking at food <laughs> like that well. but anyway he was doing that and there was another knock on the door she opened it and there was Jason Bonnie, and he came in they were both chatting and she said they both left the house at about 1130 AM. Uh, she looked across the road and there was a BMW, black BMW Jeep. Um, she said she saw Willie, the father, get into that Jeep. He would have been a friend of her mother's and they knew one another for yeah, years. Like they asked her how she was asked how well she had she knew Jason Bonney, wasn't she as well? Like, that was under cross examination. She yeah. that was literally all she gave in yeah. her in her actual evidence there. She said she said and it's key that Willie got into the Jeep and drove off and okay. she saw Jason Bonney go back into number forty seven, the construction site. Yeah. Um and that's basically that was the morning. She said her mother uh came back from mass and 
She said that um, she got her mother a bit of lunch and then it was time for the kids to come off the school bus and she drove up to Arda Avenue beside Donamy Shopping Centre where the bus would pull in at about 2.35. So she got there, collected the kids, came back to her mum's house and when she got to the mum's house there was a, a truck parked across the driveway. Uh, she was irritated by this because every time she came back there was something parked across. Now, that is an understandable Absolutely. thing if somebody's building on your road. So she said she left the kids in the car, got out and went into the construction site number 47, asked where Jason was. The lads called him. He came out, got into the van, apologised, moved, or this truck thing, which she said was blue, uh, moved the truck and then came back over to the car to apologise to her again and handed her son, the birthday boy, a tenor, uh, which she said was probably to apologise because she was irate. So this would be obviously the, the relevance from the reason that this woman's been called by Jason Bonney's defence team would be like the strong, like the strongest uh, defence you could probably have for a murder would be an alibi. And this is three o'clock, which is around. This is ele- 11, thir- yeah, 11, 11, first of all, between 11 and 11.30 yeah. and then 2.35, two, a quarter to three, really. Which is really the time of the Regency that w- the shooting was occurring in broadly. So that would be the, really the strongest defence you can have against the murder is, no, I wasn't even there. So you can see why they would call her um, to give this evidence. Also, part of Jason Bonnie's defence is likely to be that although they they may have images of the car moving in this convoy and, 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 and as a getaway driver, they don't have any particular image of him driving this car. I mean, I think they've said that you haven't managed to pull CCTV where you can zoom in and see Jason Bonnie behind the wheel. Mm. So you can see why they would call her. Yeah, absolutely. So basically that's what she said. She, she has said that... Um, she said that uh, some weeks later, two, three weeks later, that Jason Bonnie's mother, Greta, arrived to her mother's house and the mother rang her and yeah. said, will you come over here? Greta Bonnie's here and she's irate. There's been a row. And there seemed to have been, what she said was, there was a, a row between William and Jason, the father and son, about the BMW Jeep and that the woman was coming up to her mum's house to find out, well, what was the story here that day? You saw them that day, what was happening? She says that she came up to the house, that the woman told her that there was a row over the two of them because of the Jeep and because the, now it was, she was quizzed under cross-examination. It got quite technical about exactly what it was, but by and large, she was saying that this woman said they'd had a row over the Jeep because it had been implicated in the Regency Hotel, the Jeep, and she was coming up to find out exactly what the straight answer was with it, that this woman, Julie, uh, said to her, Julie McGlynn said in her evidence that she told uh, Mrs. Bonnie exactly what had happened about the call to the door, the toilet, the coffee, the tea, whatever it was, and then that she saw Willie get into the car and drive off and she saw Jason at the thing. And the woman, she says at that point, Mrs. Bonnie, who has since deceased as well, said, OK, grand, thanks, and made her way off. Right. Then she was cross-examined. Sean Galan. Yeah. The most mild-mannered man. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be at the... Uh, under cross-examination by him. I don't know whether I've ever seen him cross-examine anyone of you. Well, he's, soft, he's softly spoken. I mean, some of the barristers, they're very uh, baritone and yeah. boomy, aren't they, in, in court, you know? they, they No, he's still very but, polite, but, but he's, my but God. He, yeah, so he, but he's quite, he's sort of a different, 
approach, I think. Yeah, I have seen him. And Under cross-examination? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he is f- uh, forensic, I think is the oh, word. Oh, that's it? it, exactly, yeah. 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 I mean, I would be absolutely, um, you know, you'd want to be, look, as is the case with all sort of um, situations in a courtroom, if you stand into a witness box, you want to be telling the truth. You do, because... You trip over things. You, and of course, and it's very easy to, to... I mean, it's easy to forget things and misremember them, but you once you get under that forensic sort of examination, any holes uh, in your story are, are become apparent. Yeah, and this was, like, all about... He was quizzing her about... Um, basically about, you know, why would Willie Bonnie have come to the house to use the toilet? How would he have got to that house? Because the the BMW car, you see, yeah. was registered to a company that William Bonnie owned. Yeah. But Jason Bonnie was driving this car. The state have said it was his car. Yeah. But it had remained registered under his father, Willie's name. Yeah, to Bonnie Construction, was it a company? To Bonnie Construction, exactly. But that that Jason Bonnie drove this car all the time and there is CCTV of the car leaving his house over in Port Marnock and going back in then in yeah. the afternoon that definitely doesn't tally with what um, her Julie McGlynn has said because this footage was actually played to her as part of the, you know, the cross-examination. I mean, you know, the the times, it just would not be possible. Not that they had to say that, but when you look at the timestamps on the stuff, what she's saying and what's there on the CCTV, the two scenarios are not possible, basically. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that this witness is lying, although it was put to her at the end by Sean Galan, senior counsel, that she was indeed lying about what happened. But she was brought through it, basically, you know, uh, did she know that Willie Bonnie drove a Lexus? She did, and... Did she see that Lexus if he drove off in a car that was usually used by his son? Was the Lexus left on the road? She didn't know. She didn't see it. Um, he talked about, or he asked her about, you know, the in particular Mrs. Bonnie coming back to the house some weeks later. And was it kind of believable yeah. that she didn't ask any questions or that this woman, first of all, just said that the car had been implicated? Uh, it seemed to be... I mean, look, the witness was saying it was seven years ago. She couldn't remember. She just told the woman yeah. what she had Which is not unreasonable. Told I mean, the court you will, you will. But, I mean, obviously, uh, did, she made, did she make a formal statement to Gardaí? Was that... She didn't, you see. Yeah. At all. Now, what she says was that this woman, Mrs. Bonnie, came to her three weeks and then she heard nothing at all. But she saw Jason Bonnie uh, coming up to Christmas of that year in Donnemead Shopping Centre and that um, they had this conversation which she described as being kind of inappropriate in the surroundings of the shopping centre where he was talking about uh, the Regency and the implication of this Jeep and she said that they went back to um, his house then and they discussed it further in his house. Uh, they didn't again see one another or speak to one another until 2021 when she says they got back in touch because a mutual friend was having difficulties and kind of a group of friends as such got back in touch together. She says at that point, she still didn't discuss this business of her being essentially what could be an alibi witness for him and nor did he discuss it with her. Uh, But of course, it was put to her then about this scenario that um, was she given a plot of land by Bonnie? 
Yeah. Uh, beside that house, she said no, she wasn't, but that she did apply for planning permission on the plot of land, and she made two planning applications, both before April 2021, when he was then charged. But in the lead up, I suppose, to yeah. those charges being brought against him, she had numerous meetings with them, like countless meetings with them on the land and architects and this, that, and the other. Um. So that was kind of just left floating there that she did uh, make these applications and was clearly going to buy the land from them yeah. if she got the planning. She said she would a property abroad that she'd need to sell to buy this. Um, and did she describe how she had known, how long she'd known them? And- well, not in detail. They did seem to know one another from before and they obviously grew up. The, the parents knew one another and she, you know, when she described this business of this mutual friend being in trouble and this group of friends coming back together, when they came back together, hmm. that being in 2021 in around, they seemed to be seeing one another all the time then. Yeah. Um, but it was in April when he was charged, she still didn't go to Gardy or his solicitor. She insisted to Sean Galan that she waited until October of that year when his solicitor came to her and asked her to make a statement in relation to the events of the 5th of February. So I think what the state were pointing out was you had this vital piece of information. I mean, absolutely. What did Sean Galan describe it as? Oh, yeah, he said that, you know, Jason Bonnie, that, you know, when they got back in touch and they were all very, very uh, friendly, that in all that time in 30 or 40 meetings that they'd had, despite the fact that he was in a pickle, yeah. being that he was yeah, facing yeah, yeah, charges yeah. in relation to the Regency, yeah. they hadn't discussed the fact that she had an alibi for him. Quite they never pic- had. And quite she said, the pickle, all right. Quite the pickle is yes. what he called it, yeah. yeah. Such a polite way of saying it. Um, but he's, uh, she said that they just were never together alone to discuss it and then his solicitor approached her in October of that year and this is after all that planning is in and yeah well look I, I suppose from from another what is the waters a bit I think yeah but from another perspective she you know she people are reluctant sometimes to go to Cardi and issue formal statements and people maybe aren't inclined to do something like that unless they're they're until the point at which they're specifically asked to so you know, that, you that, see, that is the the other bit of it. She did say, and uh, under questioning again by uh, by Bonnie's legal team, she said that she was a foster mother, that she was afraid, and yeah. she didn't want to get be implicated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, again, Sean Galan, towards the end of it, put to her, "I have to put it to you that you are not telling the truth." Yeah, she said, "I am telling the truth." He said, "I had to put it to you that uh, that Willie." Yeah, that basically that Willie and his wife had died before she came forward and that yeah. the wife dying was kind of the the last thing that, you know, she came forward after that. So it's Yeah, but I suppose they're not there to they're not to, there to, to verify or give their story and that's obviously not or otherwise. Uh, no, that's not Junie McGlynn's fault in particular, but that's that's the, the the nature of it. So that's obviously what the the prosecution are saying, that this is a story that is that is effectively unverifiable by the other two parties. However, she's obviously saying... She's sticking to her guns. Yeah, and saying, I came forward when I was asked. He said to her, uh, I have to put it to you that uh, Willie that day never drove off in Jason's Jeep. And she said, I'm telling you, it is true. And um, yeah, then she was was basically let stand down from the witness box. But it threw a little bit of, yeah, there was kind of like chitter chatter about it. I mean, I think, um, like from my point of view, from sitting there... um, 
And I was engaged with this. I wasn't uh, reading the New York <laughs> no, Times. No, the, the, the nails had been I was interested in this bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt that, uh, that the bit, the, the thing about the planning permission and about the the length of time it took for her to give that statement did muddy the waters for me. Otherwise, she was a very good witness. She was sticking to her guns. She was quite steady. Um, she said a number of times she wasn't used to being, she was trying to answer as honestly and as well as she could, but she wasn't used to being in a position. No. That she was in a courtroom sitting in a witness box with all these people staring at her. And again, that is totally understandable. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Um and just before we finished up, this other witness was brought in, a man called Peter Tyrrell, who lives in Gracefield Road. Um, his wife, Jacintha, had been one person who gave evidence. CCTV had been collected from their outside their home, yeah. um, where you see the BMW, that black BMW car coming down the road. Okay. Uh, Peter Tyrrell pulls in in his white car into the driveway and the black BMW is directly behind him. Now, this man... Um, said that he took notice of this BMW because he knew it. Yeah. And he said he knew it to be William Bonney's car. And he knew William and Jason Bonney because um, he worked in a sports club. And just until I double check the name of it, I won't mention it, yeah. but it's in Donamede. And he was the chairman of this sports club. And they either... Ha, either had their boxing club in it or they owned it. I'm not really 100% sure about that. But anyway, they were up at this club all the time and he says that he knew William Bonney owned that Jeep because the Jeep, he'd even know the reg, he said the Jeep was parked outside this club all the time and it was his. And um, he said that he um, was in a high court dispute with... Jason and Will William Bonney. And the reason he kind of noticed the car and was a bit wary of it was because he was in this dispute with okay. the civil civil dispute. The details of that aren't given as of yet. But that this car was there behind him on the road in the Grace Park Road, road at 2.30 and he is giving evidence that William Bonney was behind the wheel right. and not Jason. Now, this was very strange. The um, Galan stood up for the state and sort of said, you know, where is this witness coming from? He actually said, this is a bit like the Tommy Tiernan show. Who's the next guest? Right, right. Um, obviously, the state hadn't been informed that this witness was coming forward or what he was saying, was going to say, John Fitzgerald is the senior counsel for um, for Jason Bonney. And um, he gave some, look, some legal reason that he could call this witness. And I'm not going to go into it because, again, the brain, the bit of yeah, the brain yeah. that should be able to take that in just isn't quite working. No, no. So I'm able to listen to evidence about... From human, human yeah, evidence. Human, yeah. <laughs> good, good with humans, bad with technicals. Bad with technicals and with legal yeah. stuff. But anyway, yeah. so um, the... Justice Tara Burns didn't seem pleased at all. Yeah. Um, she didn't seem pleased. She didn't say, she gave uh, Sean Galan time to come back and see was he happy for this witness to go ahead. They all kind of said they would accept the evidence, but they yeah. weren't sort of happy with it just being landed I in mean, like that. It is quite unusual. Like, there's a lot about the Regency trial that has been a bit different from other trials. Yeah. I mean, normally, like any type of witness, they have to have statements and they both sides have to have weeks 
to have a look at it and 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 but there have been a few things have been have come in into yeah. this trial a kind of last minute but it is unusual like it's it's certainly regular it, it, in Matlock or things exactly. like that exactly I was going to say it sort of happens in the you know on the TV yeah, suits or with Meghan Markle or something mood, like that yeah. yeah and somebody's this witness is brought in <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden his evidence is just so amazing it collapses the whole yeah. trial and they everybody walks free but yeah it doesn't tend to happen in the real world but it's happened and this guy has come in and he has thrown a piece of evidence in that really upends the entire state's case if in, they, in relation to Mr. Bonnie in yeah. relation to Mr. Bonnie because yeah. if this car has been driven by William Bonnie at 2.30 on the Grace Park Road um, then presumably Jason Bonney cannot be in this car as the cannot state be driving saying. it as well. So I mean, yeah, yeah, one of one of the things has to be true. One of the and William Bonney is is dead, and um, you know there was a fallout between Jason and William Bonney. We're getting a sense of that. A row erupted over the well, what has been said to the court by the previous witness evidence was that and, and I think also Jason Bonney is putting it forward that there was a row over the use of this BMW yeah. Jeep um, and that him and his father uh, I don't think spoke again. Yeah I think they it said they didn't been, speak until for a couple of years anyway yeah, at some yeah. point. So, And they were obviously were very close in their day the two of them because they seemed to have been involved in the boxing together and all the rest of it but look we don't have the full details of that but this witness was going to go ahead and give the rest of his testimony and obviously be cross-examined but Galan asked for time time to and was given it yeah very graciously by the court because there was a sense of you know there was I actually wouldn't have thought it went down very well for um John Fitzgerald but the way the way the witness had been brought in I wonder is it um, the fact that the CCTV evidence had been admitted maybe gave them a bit more leeway to it was to, something to do with the the wife has already this man's yeah, wife so has already given evidence and so this CCTV is already it's kind of like yeah it's already part of the, yeah. the state's case with so. a big brain on you and you weren't even there did well, you read that no no just uh, you know, the truth no I didn't know is that a hunch that is a hunch well, why aren't you down there I don't know Nicola because uh, you were down you know, there I'm tomorrow. too busy I don't have time to sit in court <laughs> Looking at my nails. You'll be down there tomorrow quite, now. Which are quite chewed down, as you said. That's nerves. Um, anyway, so that was that. So tomorrow, um, and um, Brendan Graham popped up like a meerkat at the very end to just say, sorry, excuse me. He said, uh, you know, he was hoping to go uh, with his defence. So he's representing Hutch, obviously. So the prosecution closed and then he was going to give his closing, and then uh, Bonnie and Mr. Murphy's uh, uh, closing was going to happen. They won't, they're half a day each, if if even. But uh, Grehan has an appointment in the Supreme Court on Thursday, so they need to make the... Allow, allow for the possibility that we won't be finished on Thursday, that it'll go into Friday, that uh, given what happens tomorrow morning with Peter Tyrrell, might take a wee while. Prosecution then will start their closing. Will they be finished in time to allow Jerry Hutch's defence closing, I would imagine we'd be looking at Friday for that. Yeah. Um, could be wrong. Maybe yeah. this, this situation will finish fairly early in the morning, but um, everything, it's a bit like having builders in. Everything yeah. drags on <laughs> yeah. longer than you think, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if the builders tell you two months, it's four, isn't it? It, it probably is. Um, yeah. So, so, but I mean, it's, lawyers, it's certainly... Lawyers and builders, eh? We're in the, uh, well, lawyers cost a lot more than builders and builders aren't cheap, but yeah. no, but we're in the, the final stretch for sure anyway. Oh, listen, it'll be finished by the end of this week. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And, you know, the closing speeches, like we, we spoke about this, I mean, 
in a way, I'm not as interested in what the prosecution have to say because the whole case has been yeah. what they have to say. They will be basically compacting what they yeah. have put to the court over the past eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks. I can't yeah. even remember. Yeah. Uh, and they'll be compacting that into the closing. It'll be the defence and what the defence have to say in relation to it. Are they going to give some explanation for Jerry Hutch going to the north in that car for the things he had to say on the tapes? Are they going to discuss how he was feeling at that time? His brother had, of course, been murdered. His family were coming under attack from the Kinahan cartel. You know, will there be evidence in relation to that, how Jerry Hutch was, was I mean, I feeling suppose, as an individual? I think they're really going to f- focus... Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to know. They'll focus on beyond a reasonable doubt, though, yeah. for sure, you know, that... There's evidence about Jerry Hutch talking about the Regency and all that. That's that's all been admitted and we've all heard that. But I, I would imagine that they'll focus on can this be shown to be beyond a reasonable doubt and what is, yeah. you know, they're not explaining it to a jury so it is going to be different. You know, normally in, in, uh, in a murder trial they start explaining it in very much in layman's terms to a jury. Like that's what what is a reasonable doubt and mm-hmm. the jury then get directions from a judge so it's slightly different because the judges mm. are there and they don't, they're not going to be, they're not going to appeal to the judges' emotions, are they? No, and I'd say you wouldn't so. want to over-egg the pudding no, either with no. the judges because you don't really want to be explaining things to them that they obviously know, I imagine. Yeah, and it will be probably a slightly more technical, uh, you yeah. know, the, 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 the closing speeches where in front of a jury they do, like, and reasonably so, they try to appeal to them on a different sort of level as yeah. well. So we'll see, um, but it's it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. Somebody's trying to put it put it together for the case, and somebody's trying to grab a couple of pieces out and say it doesn't it doesn't all fit, you know. And you know what uh, interests me? You know, people who are members of the public that are still there, and maybe it's going to be busy now for the rest of this week again. Um, I do think that interestingly. Those really busy days were really all about doubt, all right? Yeah, they? they were. That's the human, the human, uh, yeah, the human aspect, isn't it? Yeah, you know. So it's that's that's the bit where you you see the the drama, I suppose. Yeah, and the queues outside. There's nothing yeah. like that there now. Yeah. But um, people who are still there, yeah, members of the public who have committed to it and are still there and listening to it, um, they're sort of they didn't know to say that it's been boring for the last yeah, two yeah, weeks. They were yeah. a little bit afraid that it was yeah. just that they were flagging or yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a little bit like the Emperor's New Clothes in yeah. a way, sort of that yeah. le- legally stuff and, and tying up those loose bits. It's like, say it, it's boring. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to <laughs> well, sort of... No, it's it's a, it's of limited appeal. Limited, maybe. no, boring. Boring is the word. And you just have to sort of be honest. I yeah. mean, I think I've taken some truth serum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, um, Right, well, look, we'll be back definitely tomorrow yeah. and we'll be, uh, we'll, well, you'll be there for I'll be there. The and I never, look, in fairness, I'll be there in the afternoon. The trial is always thrown in I'll a couple of curveballs. I'll be on my white, white horse <laughs> to save you when you don't understand exactly. what's going on. Exactly. Explain to me. Yeah. Technology and yeah, exactly. stuff like that. So, right, we'll, we'll, uh, we will uh, reconvene tomorrow. So, for the moment, enjoy your cup of coffee. Thank you very much, Nicola. Okay. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app 
for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.